All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, kindergarten through 12th grade, and some of the people that graduated in the summer because you didn't get all your credits. Welcome again to another episode of the Ed Damrock Podcast with back again, Mr. Whip Patrol of Steel. Rod, rod, Wow, that's the best shit ever. What's up, brother? Good to have you back again. Good to be here, man. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Saw something on the Instagram, something about you doing a live webcam, like we were talking about the last time. Yes, indeed. Show your nippage. Yes, indeed. You know, um, I mean, with the times that we're going through right now, everybody's uh, everybody's affected, and especially anybody in the music industry. I mean, all of our gigs have been uh, taken away, basically, our whole job. So the only thing that we, is kind of keeping us going is doing a, a, some live streams here and there. So we, um, uh, we're, we're on April 22nd, which is, uh, I think, in a few days. Um, on Wednesday, we're going to be doing uh, Steel Rod. We'll be doing a live stream during the day on Facebook. You can find us at uh, facebook.com uh, backslash Steel Rod Band. It'll also be on Instagram at Steel Rod Band. And we're going to live stream from an acoustic set, and we're doing three one-hour sets from uh, 2 p.m. until with uh, 2 p.m. till like seven or something like that. Oh, awesome! So, when, so Wednesday, 2 p.m. Wednesday, 2 p.m. And they're gonna they're gonna stay up on our page. So yeah. And if you want, there's you know there's previous live streams that we've done that are still on our page that somebody had a uh, we have a virtual tip jar that you know if people are in a position to to help it drastically helps, helps our families, but um, we we totally understand that, that it's, uh, you know, shit's tight and we just love playing music. So we'll play for free anyways. But uh, the fact that some people are kind of donating, it just really helps out. But um, it was kind of cool. I got uh, a message the other day. Somebody had, had Venmoed us like 50 bucks and they said, Hey, um, I'm watching your, your live stream from last week. I'm late to the party, but I wanted to, you know, drop you guys a little oh, something. Wow, and awesome. your time. It was really, I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, man, in these, in these days, the messages that we've been getting and the support for the local music scene, um, it's, I mean, it, it definitely strikes emotion. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is you guys are doing an acoustic set now. Yeah. I, I've been watching you guys for, for a while. We're going on 15 years now. I've seen both sets and I remember you guys would do, I think it was Barney's. Yeah. In Pasadena, where Johnny would just have a, a conga or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now, he started off with, with just congas, but then he would switch. Yeah. And he brought in just a uh, like a small uh, cocktail kit where it was just a yeah. kick snare hi hat, kick snare hi hat, and a ride. And kind of like an unplug MTB type of thing. Exactly. Going on. Um, let me ask you this as a musician. Um, mm-hmm. You have your favorite songs to perform live, uh, full, full on. And then you have, and when I mean full on, I'm talking about Papa Rod in the background playing the Latin percussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you have your acoustic uh, mm-hmm. set. So tell me, what's your favorite song to perform full on first? And then tell me how that compares and contrasts to the acoustic mm-hmm. uh, Well, we've actually had different... Um... We've had different variations of a of a of a full band. You know, when when we started, when we first started, like twenty years ago, we were actually uh, we started as Steel Rod, and then within a year, I want to say it was about a year, we added a few more members, and we we yeah. changed our name to Steel Rod and Sea Funk, and we were a, a nine piece band. We Jesus we, nine piece. Yeah, we had a nine piece band. So we had it was myself, Rod, 
uh, Johnny was actually the lead vocalist um, up front wow. on drums. We had Joey K on drums. We had uh, Pops and Chankla on percussion. We had Jake on uh, saxophone. And we had yeah. another guitar player named uh, Danny James. Uh, and I, who else did we bring in? We brought in somebody else. I think it was a trumpet player, Ben. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it was like eight or nine pieces back then. So, and, oh, and wow. that was... That was fun when we when we got a chance to do songs um, from like Tower of Power or Average White Band or um, it's just so much fun to to play songs that have horn lines when you have horns. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's fun to do songs that have percussion when you have percussion. So yeah, when we would do Black Magic Woman and when we had timbales and congas, uh, a conguero and a, a timbalero. Oh, it was killer because at the end we'd break it down and we'd do a little drum solo. And then we then but before we did that, we, we would have a timbale solo and he would just rip it up on the timales and then oh, we switched dude, it over to so the congas and, congas. and it was just like, you know, it was, it was fun to do that. And, and you, you feel the vibe and you feel, so when you have that big bands, it's fun to do songs that cater to those big bands. Um, you know, with steel ride, when we do the, the power trio, it's fun to be honest. It's fun to do. Um, it's fun to do power trio songs like yeah. that are difficult, um, like Rush. And when we do like Tom Sawyer, or when we oh, do, yeah. um, it's it's fun to do those tunes. But it's, I don't know. It's it's it depends on the mood that I'm in too. Because sometimes we'll try a Tower Power song as a three piece, and which it makes no sense because Tower Power has horns and keyboards and all this stuff, and but. You know, sometimes you just make it work by playing the the trumpet with your mouth, you know, and just yeah. you know, as you're playing bass and singing, and it's a uh, you, you know, do a pretty just, good job of that, by the way. When you do that, you got to work outside the box when you're doing that <laughs> stuff. But it's it, it's definitely, but that I guess so. You know, with your question being that versus the acoustic, yeah. um, there's one song in particular when we play acoustic that I I love playing. Um, because we we do stripped down versions of the same song, so we'll yeah. do "Sweet Child of Mine," but we'll do a, a stripped down version of it. Um, same thing with uh, a couple other tunes. I love playing um, "Oye Mi Amor" by Mana, and I love yeah. doing the acoustic version. It's just um, it's just a little bit different, you know. It's a it's a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, the harmonies are a little bit different. Um, we actually put together a um, and another one that we that I like doing is. Um, System of Down, um, System of a Down, uh, Chop Suey. Oh, put, is it the uh, kind of like the, the salsa the, version? The so, salsa that we is put, we, so bad. It, it's a fun, it's a fun way to do it because people trip out. I mean, when you're watching a three piece acoustic band and they say we're gonna do Chop Suey by System of a Down salsa style, like people Dude. are like, Are you fucking serious? and then we nail it. It was that actually that was born at Barney's in, uh, oh, in Pasadena. Really? We were there and we were just jamming and somebody called it out and we didn't we didn't even fathom trying to play it. We uh, as an acoustic, we were like, you know, we were how are we going to do this? You know, somebody called it out. We're like, well, let's try it. And we're like, and we're like, hey, let's let's try it in like a salsa version. And we just we started messing with it, just joking. No. And we played Are two bars of it joking. I'm not even kidding. We played oh, two bars of it jokingly. And it was uh we all it was like one of those eye-opening, like all three of us looked at each other like, oh, this is gonna be cool. And so we just we did the whole song and it was 
uh it's fun every Dude, time even I mean, the and that screen was, parts are gnarly and it's the beat is still going trip out. The they're like they're, they trip out on a, a salsa version of of system of a down acoustic so yeah it's well actually we'll probably end up doing that on wednesday when we oh, play acoustic. So awesome. so. now let me ask no. you this what's what's the most difficult song now i wouldn't say difficult because you could play pretty much anything what's the most challenging song for you to play as a bassist uh both plugged and unplugged like what's that one song you're like ah, here we go like which one is it Jeez, you know what it's i mean anything by rush is not easy really um, rush well, i know is... the, i know the perplexity behind uh yeah behind, so uh... i actually enjoy doing tom sawyer because um as a bass player i, I i've got it down pretty well it's a it's a it's a difficult song, but it's in vocally it's difficult as well. And I sing it too. And yeah. then YYZ, we also do that one. That one's still, is still to this day. Uh, maybe I just haven't put in the time and effort that I need to, but um, that's still, there's a couple parts in that song that I, I may dumb down because I just, I haven't put in, I haven't done my homework yet. But I can't tell, but it sounds, there's, the there's translation a, there's, is beautiful. That's a hard song. And, you know, there's a couple other tunes that, you know, are like some heavier, some heavier stuff, some, uh, some Black Sabbath tunes and, uh, and, and some Iron Maiden tunes that are just, uh, there's a lot going on in there. And yeah. as a bass player it's like, wow. Okay. Um, you know, luckily with this quarantine, I've, uh, I got some time on my hands now. So I've, <laughs> I've been revisiting some tunes and you know, it's funny, even some, some easy songs, like even like, um, like, like, um, Gosh, I don't want to offend anyone, you know, but I mean, easier, maybe I won't say easy, but some easier songs for, for me, um, like 311, um, yeah. 311's uh, like Amber, you know, when you listen to oh, it on the radio, you're like, okay, that's, it's great. Oh man, I love that song. But when I learned that song, I never sat down and learned it. I literally, I just, I heard it on the radio. I was like, okay, that's probably how it goes. And I learned it at a gig. So wow. I, 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 I just kind of learned it on the fly. So um, I actually sat down and listened to the song with my bass. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing this part wrong. The part that I was doing, it was working. But, um, you know, when I sat down and learned the part, I'm like, oh, OK, that's what he's doing. You know, and uh, it's you just know what's interesting to... about that song, though. Uh, mm. I see you play that song and then 311's. Um, beautiful disaster and it's very identical bass wise no it's in different no keys. uh no, not the key i'm talking about the the actual um the velocity and the i guess i, I would call it the transient i'm talking in nerd well we do no we don't do but well we do we do that song Beautiful yeah, I'm the one that gets up and sings it with you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, most of the time we'll we'll transition. We'll do Amber and we'll go into the 311 version of um, uh, Love Song. Oh, so we do those right. ones like back to back, which is because they're kind of like the same uh, tempo, or we can yeah. keep on the same tempo, and they they medley very well together. So we can we kind of kind of medley those ones together. Yeah. But but the, the like when I learned it, I just kind of learned the meat and potatoes of the song. But yeah. when I actually went back and listened to it, I'm like, Oh, he's, you know, he's doing a lot. I actually, I gave the song the respect that it deserves to, and I went back and actually learned it. And, yeah. and to be honest, it, it sometimes that's difficult because playing in a band where 
our songbook is over 750 tunes and a lot of those tunes and they're all different genres of music. Yeah. So, you know, I don't really have a lot of time every day to go back in woodshed, um, make sure that I stay, you know, so for the most part, I really do my, my best to, um, to, to do it as, as note for note as I can. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes I have to cut a few corners, uh, on a couple tunes. I don't, I don't like blame you because that's it, a it, you know, big catalog. You guys are trying to, and that's just one band. I, I'm in showcase. a couple other bands that have, you know, like an Eagles tribute band and a police tribute band, and um, you know, with other tunes. And, and then there's other bands that have been calling me up to, to hey, can you can you fill in and learn these tunes? And I'm like, I don't know if I can learn. I'll, I'll, oh I'll, man, you know, that that's always a tough one. They're like, okay, um, what's Sometimes the name of the band? I just don't have the time. Sometimes I just don't have the time. And and that's, <laughs> trust me, that's a great problem to have. And I wish I had that problem right now because right now I'm just sitting on my ass trying to figure out how to uh, live stream and, and keep up with the times right now because yeah. I, I I miss being on stage, dude. Absolutely, 100%. I miss it, being a musician. It's been, a, it's been quite the, I want to even call it a metamorphosis because I see other bands like, you know, shout out to DW3, and yes. the real band. They killed uh, it on Sunday. Yo, I mean, this thing is probably going to be a staple. Pro I, I'm I'm hoping not too long, but mm -hmm. um, maybe through throughout May and June. I um, hope not. Depending on how things are going, but yeah. that's what I wanted to talk to you about, that I'm looking at what's happening in your neck of the woods, and I'm like, oh, yeah. People. That's okay, rough, I, man. I get it. I get it. I, I get the retrospect. Uh, I understand the frustration. Um, I even some even some of the conspiracies um, that I, I went into a rabbit hole not too long ago on Facebook Live. And I was just getting bombed with a bunch of videos and check this out. Check this out. I'm like, whoa, there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I understand the frustration in both San Diego, Huntington Beach. Uh, I believe San Jose did one too. Michigan that some places should open mm -hmm. and I can't disagree with that. Um, you just have to basically change, um, a lot of the, I guess the health and safety, um, approaches to what's going on right now. Does it mean a total shutdown of the entire country? Not necessarily. Um, especially there's some non-essentials that could stay open. I mean, what if, you know, for example, um, you were allowed, still was allowed to play outdoor, physically distanced from people at the usual spot that they play on a Wednesday, for example, but it was only during the day. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. I mean, I know some people want to either park, get physically distanced from people, and then just not, not being, not, I guess I like to call it not be within infection rate. Uh, range. It's more physical distance, not really social distancing. Yeah. I think that's and, what they changed it to, but yeah, and it's like okay, uh, when they call it social get, like what they did in Huntington Beach this weekend, uh, that to me is social gathering. Um, mm -hmm. They're gathering socially to protest and, of course, exercise their the First Amendment right. Mm -hmm. um, but th this is just the the double edged sword that we get into. Like you, you have the right to you have the freedom. Um, right to free speech but you know you basically shoot shoot first ask questions later and you might have just wounded or killed somebody 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the, the analogy I like to use, but you know, cause words are a weapon. Everyone knows that. Um, but what's your take on what went down? What do you, what do you think? What did you hear? You know, mm-hmm. you hear anything? What, what is your take on this whole thing? Well, with, with, with regards to Huntington beach, um, to be honest, I didn't even know anything was going on. Um, I, I try to stay off of, of the, uh, you know, the political stuff on Facebook because yeah. it's the bathroom wall and anybody can write on it. So, you, totally. and, and I, and I think that the media is, um, there's a, there's, there's an overabundance of, of media and, and, and sharing. And by the time anybody fact checks something, um, they can fact check something and be like, Oh, this is wrong. Oh, but it was already shared you know, 30,000 times. So, yeah. you know, how many people get their news off of watching the, the, the ads, not even reading the article, but just reading the headline. So yeah. I try to stay away from that. So I didn't even realize there was something going on until later in the, on in the afternoon. And I saw that, um, I mean, I live uh, two miles from Main Street. So yeah. by the pier, I live really close and there was a big gathering. And and once I saw that it was there, I, I see it on some uh, of the local, um, the local, pages the local facebook pages the the community pages and stuff and i kind of was diving in and i and i think that i mean not to get too political because trust me i'm no political analyst whatsoever but um i find that if you go to any protesting um uh rally uh anything if you if you go to anything that's on the left um you're going to find people with 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 good arguments but yeah. you're also going to find the left of the left, you know, yeah. and, and any same thing with the right, you're going to find people that have good arguments and good and, and good um, issues to talk about. And yeah. you're also going to find the right of the right. So for me as a individual, as a, as a, as somebody just on the outside looking in, I, I try to look and see, wh- you know, where, what's the, what's the argument about, you know, you can find the, the, the crazies out there that are just there to have a good time or, or, or even people that are there to incite things, people that are there to just rile people up on purpose because they get a kick out of it. I know a lot of friends that are like that. Um, but like, I'm kind of curious, like when I watched one of the videos, there was uh, one of the videos that, that went, uh, I think one of the girls, is, uh, she had a sign and it said, um, uh, it said, quarantine the sick, not the healthy. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But on the other side, I also, I, I can see both sides of that argument. Yeah. I can also see that we need to quarantine in order to not spread the disease, you know, but my major problem with this and the reason why I think Huntington beach blew up, um, and, and San Diego and other communities, especially in California, because it's such a gig economy that yeah. if we don't work, we don't get paid. You know, I think the reason why it's blowing up right now is, you know, the first two weeks, it was like, okay, two weeks, we can get through this. But then you've got half of the country that, that um, half of the country files for unemployment at the same time, you know, yeah. and, and, and nobody, and it's, nobody's getting taken care of. A couple people got their stimulus check. You know, some people don't, there's, you can have a whole other uh, debate on that, but you know, there's a lot of hoops that you actually have to jump through in order to get that stimulus check. So, um, the, I think that the reason why some of these cities are jumping up is because the government comes in and says, Hey, we've got something that's going down. We need everybody to go home. We're taking away your ability to make money. 
Um, we're, we might help you out. We might not, but you still got to pay your bills. So yeah. good luck. we'll see you in two weeks. And then in two weeks, they're like, it's going to be another month. And then after another month, it's going to be another two weeks. Yeah. Like I, I can see why there are certain cities that are just like, I'm done with you. I'm, I'm yeah. done with this. Like I need to make money. I'm not sick. I'm, you know, I'm, Luckily, we're trying. I'm, I'm, I'm doing from my end. I'm doing the best I can to abide by the law, but I need to think outside the box, or else I'm not going to totally. survive. Oh, you absolutely. Know? That's just, uh, that's, that's, that's just the real deal right now. You know, I understand that there's people out there wearing masks and taking care of themselves and trying to be, you know, physical distancing and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of, of underlying conversations that need to need to be had in right. order to to get through this whole thing but i i can see the frustration you know and when you so when you go down there to like huntington beach and you see some of these protesters jumping in and some of them are protesting um for their right to go back to work and hey, hey stop locking down my my you're, you're killing me financially you're killing my posterity you're killing my business i mean i think two weeks into the the uh the uh the quarantine, there was uh, two businesses in Pacific City that had to close up shop because, I mean, that's how tight businesses are in Southern California. Yeah, they, two, I believe two weeks it. worth of revenue, they're done. So um, I can understand the frustration, but then you also, those are like legit arguments that, and legit issues that need to be debated and need to be talked yep. about in a, in a civil manner. Um, and then, but then you also, then you go, you've got the right of the right, you know, and you've got the yeah. left of the left. So then you've totally. got the, the people out there that are just, that are just uh, you know, screaming for Trump 2020 or screaming for, you know, God's going to kill the earth or, you know, it's, it's, it gets a little crazy. And at that point, so I think when I look at, um, when I look at those protests, I try yeah. to look for the issues that I, I find are legitimate and and things that that can be debated and that can be talked about um you know and it's you know i i think at this point i understand some of their frustration um yeah. i don't think that uh meeting in the streets is is really gonna uh have a positive effect that's just me personally i don't think yeah. it, i don't think anything positive came out of that um i just think it got news news coverage I don't know if that's positive or negative. You know? it, it, well, of course. I mean, any that's the old saying that any any press is good press. So uh, I think they just wanted to show camera, show face on camera, at least get the message out. But uh, my my biggest, I guess, bone to pick with what's going on is that um, I read something earlier today that I already I already had suspected. I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's why a lot of people got sick uh, late last year. Um, this thing has been around. They've known about it since December, mm -hmm. and I, I'm pretty they, sure I had it in December. Uh, I'm sure a lot. And then look at the research that just came out. At least 4.1 percent of LA County residents. Um, contracted the virus as as early as well i won't say early but as late as december 2019 mm -hmm. um so what where was the point of failure like that's that's in in my opinion it's like okay if you knew that this was about to snowball 
why was anything done quickly about it? Like, why did you let it, you know, what, why did you let a mole turn into a, you know, a mountain hill? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't get, first and foremost, I'm, I've been politically orphaned for God knows how long. I try to look at both sides of the coin, but the way I like to see things now is like if I have two arguing parents that are in the middle of a divorce. And, you know, they each person does bring up a good point, but ultimately it's like, great, I'm the one getting fucked because I'm the child that's going to lose both of the parents. <laughs> and it's like, and so then, good analogy. <laughs> yeah, and so then, at, and at the same time, when you go and try to get introspect from these people that are going out and you know exercising the First Amendment, which I'm strong, I feel strongly about. You, you know, you know me. Um, but then it's like the kid with the Metallica shirt that you ask, like, "Oh, nice shirt, bro. What's your favorite song?" And they're like, "Um, I don't even listen to this music, but I bought the shirt. It's cool." And I'm like. What do you do? So it's now it's turning into that. It's like they're just wearing mega hats because they fit in somewhere. And it's the cool thing to do, and they want to be a part of something. And and, and that's and, yeah. music and mentality, which and see that's what and those are the people that you like. I, I just try not to pay attention to when it comes to the issues. Like I personally, I like to listen. You know what? What is the reason that you're protesting? Because there yeah. are people there who are upset about something and they're protesting for a reason. There's also other people that saw it on Facebook and they're like, hey, I live down the street. I'm going to go down there and hang out, you know, and, yeah, exactly. and there's people that, 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 you know, a crowd builds and they just want to be a part of something like that. So, you know, like I said, I, I try to I try to weed through uh, the bullshit and I try to listen to what is what what can affect me or what is something that is a true issue that we can talk yeah. about and and that's hurting that's legitimately like hurting people you know because i mean even i have a friend of mine she's a hairdresser um in tustin and she posted something today just saying like i i i, I have faith in god she's she's got a, she's really big into her religion and she's like i have faith in god and i have faith in this and for the last couple for the last month she's been posting a lot of you know god stuff and um and just today she had posted something she's like this is getting out of control i need to go to back to work i need to go back to work i have kids that that um uh that i need to take care of my bills aren't going to pay themselves um exactly. can can somebody let me go back to work please because this is my business you know and i i totally get that i I totally get that. What what can she do other than having people come to her house? And, yeah. and that's like a form of being of like illegal. Like, like yeah, it's, it's like you're you're not abiding by the safer at home initiative. Yeah. Yada yada yada. But here here's my thing on the economy. It's already it's already taken a big. It's, there's a big blemish on it in it right now. Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a challenging economy for the past what year and a half. Um, we as a country probably are not going to just spring into action, hit the ground running right away with the economy. It's going to be a work in progress because there was, there's a lot of, ah, man, there's a lot of work to be, I guess, done and renewed because this single-handedly fucked everything up. You know what though? I, I think it's, I mean, I, I don't want to think backwards because right now, you know, decisions were made and, you know, consequences will be will, will be what they be. We, yeah. We're here 
in this time right now with this situation, how do we move forward? I've right. always been that guy. I, I've never, I don't like, I can't say I never, but I don't like being the guy that points the fingers as far as like, well, you did this and that's why we're yeah. here. It, that doesn't do any good um, except for helping that person realize the mistake they made and be a better person in the future. But like, as far as this whole situation, this is like, this is, this is not just our community or our state or our country. This is the world. So, yeah. you know, there's other countries that might be taking a, a different stance, a better or a worse. Nobody knows because we haven't dealt with something like this with the factor of the media. So back in, I think the last pandemic was 68, something like that, 64, 68. I can't remember. I remember I read uh, somebody was saying this. I can't remember, but it was like the last pandemic was then. The other one before that was in the 20s or the teens or something like that. It was a well, long We had the Spanish flu in 1918. And mm -hmm. then recently during this, I guess, the I should have just race, asked you. You're the you're the guy who remembers. I, ha I had to go deep in this rabbit hole because I know they had the um, the H1N5 um, mm -hmm. in O. 08 or something like that i i don't mm -hmm. know the exact year but um well i think there was yeah. i mean when was sars that was in like 22 2003 that i remember clearly i remember that because we Big. were actually we played um uh for a, a uso tour in japan during oh. that oh, and wow. i remember i remember well I, to be honest even back then I, I don't know maybe i was just a kid and i wasn't worried about it but um i mean i didn't we were on we were on military bases too. So yeah. I don't think it was a big problem for us, but like, um, I don't think that we as a, as a, as a, as a planet have not seen something like this with the extra factor of the media. Yeah. Because I think the media and the way it creates fear for people, um, and the way people, uh, the way the media can twist people's words and twist facts and even falsely report facts um oh yeah just falsely yeah. report them um and 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 not get a, a slap on the wrist and literally they falsely report something which scares the fuck out of a nation and then Total. days later like retract it and be like ah, you know what we didn't have the facts straight sorry about that you know i uh i think that 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 factor in itself added yeah. to the pandemic is what's causing all this well, like, even even more tad to the mix. I mean, we got this guy who's head of state right now. And, you know, I'm like I said, I'm politically orphaned. I'm basically an observer and I hate to get involved because of the two parent divorcee uh, <laughs> analogy I'm using. Stop um, it, mom. <laughs> yeah. When I I first heard this guy say that the that the president has full authority to tell governing states what to do i already knew i'm like shit dude we are fucked because this man does not know the constitution and yeah. i'm like well i don't think there's a I, I i think there's a lot of governors that don't know the constitution i think there's a lot of uh i think that that they a don't lot of, a lot of people that are in power yeah they're not in power because they're the smartest people on our constitution Oh yeah. or because, or because they're <laughs> the smartest people that know what to do, um, you know, with our state or with our county or with our city yeah. or with our government. Um, it's, it's a power play, bro. I mean, totally. I, I, and this is, this is like one of those underlying conversations that you can have with everything because like, 
I mean, even when I was in college just a few years ago, because I was a late bloomer, I went to college when I was 36 and I got my, uh, I got my associates in business in three years. It took me three years because I was working six nights a week and still trying to take, <laughs> I was still trying to take at least 10 units. You're crazy. Um, yeah, it was pretty nuts, man. It was a weird time in my life, but I, I enjoyed it because I was, uh, I was learning a lot. And I remember I took, um, I took a, a history class and I also took political, uh, I took government, like, uh, uh, my poli- my my political science class was government, and I took it. I took that class during the 2016 election. Oh, so, wow. yeah, it was cool, dude. <laughs> and, and my and my classes were on uh, on Monday and Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. So after election day on Tuesday night, November of 2016, oh. I go into political science class. I go into government class on Wednesday morning after Trump won and I walked in and I'm the oldest dude in every class because I'm, you know, everybody else is all 18 and 19 and I walk in, everybody's quiet. And I'm like, anybody see that coming? And just next, next thing you know, it started the conversation, you know, I, yeah. I, I guess I consider myself more of a conversation starter. So like it was uh, it was fun to actually talk with these kids and see where they stand on certain things. Yeah. But I mean, I learned a lot in those classes, especially, especially that class in particular about government. I'm, I'm no, uh, I'm no, uh, expert on anything, but I, you know, I did some reports on, uh, PACs, super PACs and lobbyists. And I, um, I, I, I just, out of the, the whole, uh, semester, the only thing that I can boil it down to is that our government, if you follow the money, yeah. um, you'll, you'll find out who's in power. It, oh, it's, totally. it's, it's, it's not, a, you know, anybody can do the right thing problem is not a lot of people do and the people who have the money are the people that are in control because they can throw money no, at totally. people to to swing whatever vote whatever way and well, one thing just, i one thing i learned about um not just government but i guess people who um get elected and to be in the head of state you know president whatever um they all probably get the same briefing from the people who are doing the power moves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's kind of like, okay, well, it's kind of like being, being in in steel rod. Steel rod has had this reputation for 20 years, whatever they've done things a certain way, all that you're a brand new member in the band. You're playing, you know, Latin percussion, whatever. And, you basically come and tell the Latin percussionist that just joined the band, okay, this is a song list. Uh, we really don't play anything else. That We have 700 songs, and that's it. And and this is the way that we play them. Yeah, and don't fuck with it. Yeah. yeah. That's well, that's it. why, you know, I mean, it, I'm not, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not cheering for anybody. I'm not downplaying anybody. But what, I, what, what spoke to me one time was when I saw a, uh, a meme it was one of these memes that you see going around and it was, um, it was Congress and it was like, um, I don't know all their names, but a couple Republicans, um, a couple of Democrats, um, you know, but the names that, s- that stood out the most was, uh, uh, Pelosi, uh, yeah. uh, I can't remember, but it said, you know, they've been in, they've been in Congress for 38 years, 36 years, yeah. 34 years. Like they've had their job. 
They have been doing that job in Congress, whether it's Democrat or Republican. They've been in their position for over 30 years. But why is it why is it Trump's fault that our that our country is so bad right now? Um, you know what I mean? And and that's just yeah the, to the me, term limits. Yeah, to me yeah. it was more about like it was more about um, it, it, enforcing term limits or not. You know that right there like just kind of spoke to me as far as hey, if you've been in office for over 30 years, you should be doing a better job. I mean, it doesn't matter who, because we have three <laughs> branches. Of, I mean, we have three branches of government and there's checks yeah. and balances on everything, but you've got a lot of power in Congress. Yeah. So why is shit not going good? You can't put it all on one person because you had, you, you know, with, with, with reference to Pelosi, you had your Democrat um, president for eight years. Yeah. So why is it that all of a sudden now it's now, now everything's bad, you know, because you've had this guy, it's, it's, I, I find it difficult to, um, to, to listen and, and to listen to some of these politicians when, uh, when I just feel like it, you have to follow the money anyways. Yeah, totally. Especially with, um, the, the guy before Barack Obama, George W. Bush, mm -hmm. W. Yeah. Uh, that, Clearly, I remember because that was the first election I got to participate in as an as a as a first time voter. Um, hearing both arguments, knowing that Al Gore was about climate change, but then uh -huh. again later seeing his documentary, I'm like, oh, so this is what he wanted to get elected for, All right? And then seeing <laughs> and then seeing that George W. Bush basically won the Florida count because his brother was the governor of Florida. See, I'm telling and you, I'm man, like, it's oh, like man, power it's, moves everywhere. And that's why, like, to be honest, like at this point, like that's why I pay attention. Like, as soon as I found out there's something going on in Huntington Beach, I jumped on and I was just like. I didn't go down there and like protest with anybody, but I yeah. did jump on and I looked at the footage and I didn't look at it from one source. I looked at it from all sources yeah. because to me, you know, yes, there are, um, there are huge issues for our country that, that I should, I should be aware of. Um, but right now, a lot of the things that affect me the most are, um, legislation that is being passed at my city level, at my state level. Yeah. Um, those are things, you know, like we were, I think we were talking about last time about like AB5, which I'm super stoked yeah. that that musicians are now exempt from that. Um, yeah. So like things like that, I, I think I, you know, I'd like to stay up to date on everything that's global and everything that is, um, um, that is for our nation. But I think the things that impact me the most are the state and the and the local stuff that um, totally that, that I, I just I need to I need to be aware of that you know I it's like that saying you know you, you don't try uh, don't try to reorganize the world if you can't you know make your bed in the morning you know it's, exactly it's like take care of you know if you don't have your house in order you might want to be careful about running for office you know <laughs> like oh absolutely <laughs> you know what I mean like it's just, I mean would you say that's probably the best advice you've been given. Gosh, dude, I've, you know, I think one of the best things that somebody ever told me, and I can't remember who told it to me, but it was, um, you know, I think a couple people different too, but they just said, keep, have an open mind, have yeah, an open absolutely. mind, you know, but the thing is a lot of people don't, a lot of people have heard that, but a lot of people don't, don't live it. No, know? they don't. 
A lot of people don't live it. They they might listen to you talk, but their mind is shut. You know, like it, you they're might just have waiting a, for their turn to speak. Exactly, they're not listening. They're just waiting to talk. Um, there's there's having an open mind. I think that's what's what we're talking about right now, especially with the politics too. Having an open yeah. mind, being able to listen to both sides, being able to listen to their argument and how this is affecting. Because we've got I don't know how many millions of people in this country that not one piece of legislation might affect this group of people completely different than it affects this group of people. Oh, and that's totally. why you have dialogue and I, and, and arguments and debates. So being, having an open mind is being able to be like, you know, having empathy for, for everyone. Um, you know, the, the, the rough part is that like, Oh man, this is just, this is a crazy one. Somebody had posted this picture that said uh, some, uh, one, I think it was actually at the Huntington beach um, protest. And she had this thing that said, my body, my choice when it comes to the mask, you know, because they're trying to enforce using masks and social distancing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she was like, my body, my choice, you know, and her, her argument, I'm assuming, I'm assuming because I didn't, I just saw the meme, but I'm assuming that her argument is like, I don't want to wear the mask. I'm healthy. I'm not sick. I'm not spreading anything. And I'm not worried about getting sick, so stop making me do something. Um, I can see that argument. But then somebody else brought up, well, how, how much of a slap in the face to our, our medical field is that? If you go out and you say, well, I'm not worried about it. It's my body. It's my choice. And my cat loves looking, <laughs> looking at the watcher. Yeah, that's crew. Um, you know, the other side of that argument is like I um, – uh, you know, how much of a slap in the face to our medical and our health fields yeah. is that when 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 you say, well, it's my body, my choice, I'm going to go out and do what I want. I don't want to wear a mask. But then you get sick and then you bring it back to your family and then you bring it back to your community and then you oh, go man. into the health. You know, so like, I mean, wow, that's a that's an interesting conversation right there. You know, and, and that's what I mean by having an open mind is that. Yeah. If you're if you're 100 percent on one side and you're like I'm gonna not wear a mask and that's it and that's it, if you're not open to the the conversation about the other side, um, I think you're lacking in your life. I think that yeah. you, you you need to have an open mind. It's uh you know speaking of change and open mind, it's like it's kind of like our uh, there's a lot of politics in the music industry as well, mm -hmm. and right now especially with the AB5 thing. Um, coming full circle and now musicians being exempt from it and i remember telling you guys about it when it was about to pass yep um because i was like oh shit like i know a lot of people that this is going to impact but um i've been meaning to ask you this question to see how you you know true <laughs> i've been meaning to ask you this question to see how you would you know you know what you think of it and give us your take on it all right, you've been in the music industry for approximately what twenty? Well, like officially 20 what twenty years, right? Yeah, like twenty years. Yeah. If you can change anything about the industry, what would it be? If I could change anything, ah, see, that's a tough one. I know there's a lot of things you there's a you're lot just things. not down with, but what would be the one thing you're like, okay, I've been having bone to pick with this for the longest time, and it's still well, the I same the, shit. I think the, the problem, I think that personal opinion, okay, yeah. um, I think that the direction of music um, 
I don't like the direction of music, the direction of, of mainstream music. And, you know, when you think about it, it's, it's, it's not about nowadays. It's not about how talented you are. Right. It's not about, can you sing? It's not about, are you lyrical? It's not about, um, you know, can you play an instrument? Can you write a song? Can you write a song that has meaning? It's not about that. It's about, can I sell you? Um, yeah. That's what it's about now. It's about, it. you know, do you have a look? Do you have an image? Do you have, because, oh, oh, you can't sing? We'll fix that. We have the technology. You know, it's like the six, shut up, shut up. It's like the, it's like the the six million dollar man. Like we can fix you. We can make you better. Steve bet. Austin. We can, yeah, right. So <laughs> it's that is like, so fucking true. It, but it's so true, man. Like you know, I mean, I felt I felt bad back in the you know early two thousands when I would go see bands that. Um, I mean, I hate to say this, but maybe they just had an off day, and I really hope they did. But um, uh, Lincoln Park, man, I love that band. And yeah. I love everything about that their their whole album. I would listen to it from start to finish. And then I went and saw them and the whole night they were just horrible. And I'm like, like musically. And I'm like, oh man, it was such a letdown. That's it was such a letdown. And I was like, I remember thinking at that time, I'm like, yeah. are they just being fixed in the studio? But I, I've heard from other people that have seen them live and they said they were great. So I, I'm I'm hoping that. I'm I'm in my head. I'm just keeping it as a. Uh, they just had a bad night that one. You've probably seen them there. early, huh? I think so. Yeah, it was okay. early in their career. I, their first album, well, the the first mainstream one that they did was like with um. Hybrid Theory. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was twenty years ago. That was yeah. a great album, man. That yeah. was a great album. But like nowadays, though, I can't. I can't. I mean, I remember seeing um seeing memes okay and this is yeah. this is still in the past but i've seen memes of like people's lyrics versus uh you know nowadays lyrics versus uh you know from the 70s when when people gave a shit and i just feel like yeah. right now it's about the dollar and it's not about uh it's not about the music anymore it's about the dollar it's about the fame it's about everything that it's not supposed to be about you know i mean i understand that people need to um need to make a living but i think that people chase chase it to a point where they they put out trash they don't put they they don't put out they put out quality trash that they do um, they polish they turds. Quali it's quality trash yeah. that they can make money off of you know i i it's unfortunate man I, well, let, I me, think let it, me ask you this and you can you probably have the answer to this because i to me it's still a mystery they're they're polishing turds they're fucking marketing the shit out of them and there's an audience for it see that's another that's another thing why so is like that? i i think maybe our i'm not saying is, all of it is trash but there's a lot of it that is no there's a lot of it and the problem is too when you get something good a lot of people don't listen to it because they're uh maybe it's idiocracy at it that that is a uh, that is coming to pass you know um I don't know if that's um, you know you see that movie right? Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. yeah we all we need is President Camacho in office. And <laughs> I don't think I think it's I think it might be that maybe people are just used to a, a level of music, and they just want the the beats and shouting, or they they don't 
maybe they don't want to dive deeper. Like to, to me, some of the most incredible lyrics are from like from the seventies and from the, Oh, totally. It's, I mean, look at Bohemian Rhapsody. Look at the lyrics to that song. It's, it's incredible. It's the, I, the level of Bohemian, anything that uh, Freddie Mercury pretty much wrote was a fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I'm, I trip out on like, you know, you look at that and even if you just read it as a spoken word, it, it could be poetry. Um, but not only is it poetry, but he put it to he put it to yeah. song, which makes it even even more, um, you know, powerful. That's so, how I felt about um, Jim Morrison's lyrics, Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. and Tupac, believe it or mm-hmm. not. You yeah. can actually just read them if yeah. they're on a piece of paper and not right? have any any cadence or beat in the background. You can read it um, and 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 feel an emotion. Yeah, that's you know, the problem people. is nowadays you've got songs. Who is it that one uh, wrote like "You a bitch, you a fucking bitch, 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 you a fucking bitch," and that's the whole lyric for the whole song, just "You a bitch." Oh, I know. Like, I know what you're talking about. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And who knows how much money they made off of that? How much money they're still making off of that? Because, you know, and and that's what I mean. Is that, like to me. Yeah, and this is just me. There might be people out there that are like, I love that song. Hey, you know what? Good for you. That's awesome. There, yeah. There's a market for it. If there wasn't, then people wouldn't be, they wouldn't be around. But, you know, for me as a musician, I, uh, I, if there was one thing that I could change about the music industry, it would be the quality of music that is being produced. Now, that's, how do you filter that out, though? That's the, that's the thing. I don't think it's possible right now. I really don't because yeah. the thing is that what, what drives that is the consumer. So, yeah. and, and what drives that is also a media. <laughs> so everything comes back to that, man. It, it, I think it, everything really does come back to that because you see media now, um, music videos or, yeah. um, or, or not even music videos anymore, but now, now it's more like, uh, shows on, um, you know, and, 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 um, what is that TMZ and, and stuff, you know, all, all that stuff. And you see, oh God, I hate you see TMZ. people out partying rock star, you know, uh, living this life, this fake it till you make it. Um, yeah, they're selling stuff. a lifestyle. They're selling a lifestyle that is just unattainable. You know, I, I live in an apartment complex and there's a dude here that has a Maserati. I shit you not. And he lives there's, in an apartment? He lives. And we're not even the greatest apartment complex. Like, trust me, dude. Like, like Why does I he have trust a Maserati? Uh, I hope he won it on the game it. show. Fake it till you make it. He's, uh, wow. he's got a Maserati at, at this apartment complex. And so I'm like, you can't afford a house. You, or, or uh, hey, maybe I'm completely wrong, and maybe he does have a house, and this is where yeah. he ha- keeps his sancha. I don't know, but what I do know is that the dude is here every single day, and he's got a Maserati, and um, and he lives in an apartment complex. So, but I know California is a different wow. monster, you know. California oh, no, is totally, totally you because you, you, you uh, for example, my mom's neighbor lives right next door to, him, uh, to her. Uh, this son of a bitch has three cars mm-hmm. and he puts the, the car covers on each one uh-huh. and it's on a major street and there's no parking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did this son of a bitch fucking move his shit? And then there's street, street sweeping and all that shit. And he's a manager at target. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, he's he's fronting somewhere, but like, why yeah. do you have three cars and you still live in a one bedroom apartment in LA? I'm like, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, I don't, I don't get that logic. I really I, don't. I personally, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm, I guess I'm kind of halfway between it because me and my wife, we have nice cars. We also have nice car payments, but we're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, I mean, we're almost done paying off our cars, and and we, uh, you know, we worked that into our budget. We we didn't we didn't plan on a pandemic happening, so that's a little bit a little bit uh, stressful. But you know, we we. We're gonna be fine, you know what I mean. I, I just have that attitude, but like the um, what what I don't understand is this whole like getting back to what we we're talking about with the music, like yeah. selling this lifestyle, this unattainable lifestyle that you know you've got these. You know, I I work in the nightclubs. That's where I'm at six nights a week, six nights yeah. a week. So like Tuesday nights, you got dudes that are hanging out all night, drinking, partying, yeah. and and I'm like, you know, a lot of the times this. Uh, I mean, they're they're hanging out, they're living this lifestyle, and you're like, how is this sustainable? Or why are you even doing this? Like, I yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I'm not questioning it because I mean, they're coming to support me, and and the more people that I have in my club while I'm playing, yeah, better. Um, but I'm just kind of like this whole movement is just it's it's I'm not like that. Even when I'm at the club, I'm not. At least I'm not trying to, you know, flaunt something and be something like that. I, I personally, I just enjoy playing the music. So. Yeah, I don't, I've never known you to be that type of person. And even like, I wouldn't say you guys have been the mainstream power trio, but you guys have played some pretty significant gigs, especially with the, with the cruise lines. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, fuck to this day, I regret not going. But I saw the the price tag on it. I was like, Ooh, okay, it's a little pricey. But yeah. when, okay, but when you think about it, like especially like the '80s cruise, yeah, think about how many concerts you're going to. Oh, man, think about how many I saw concerts the you're going to in one like, week. Oh my! And how many and how many countries you're going to? Like we went to four yeah. countries. We saw. I mean, God, I can't. I can't even tell you how many different. Major acts. Was we Taylor saw. Dane on one of those? Taylor years? Dane was there on this last one. Taylor wow. Dane, uh, the Jets. Remember the Jets from the eighties? Oh wow! I want to rock it to you. One thing, the that only thing is... I can do. So they bad. were there. Um, uh, the beat. Uh, um, cool and the gang. I met Cool. Man, he's like yeah, he's like hundred and fifty, but like the dude is like he's cool. He's cool, he's man. So cool. He took a Crushing picture of me. He's such a nice guy. Berlin was there. They were super oh, nice. Berlin? Um, yeah, Berlin. Like uh, uh, Metro. Riding on the Metro. Dude. She was there. I remember. Um, it was super cool. You guys first introduced me to Mike Davis. Yeah. Uh, shout Drama out to Mike. And uh, I'm like, oh, so you're the base, the basis for Drama Rama. He's like, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, my mom loves your band. And he's like, man, we're, we're still playing. And then I mm-hmm. seen him at it. 80s bar in Ontario and believe it or not they sound that's when I'm convinced I'm like fuck man these guys still sound good and same energy I love that man when you go see a band especially one that's been around for decades and and you're like and they you go and watch them and they just fucking and they kill it 
it's like especially on a, like an intimate uh, uh, like in a small venue yeah. like oh, it's the greatest man it's it's I'll, just I'll so tell you a story um and, and this i don't know if you've you've had the purpose to see them but my, my wife and i we had tickets to the k-rock weenie roast and to mm-hmm. i think it was 2012 2013 i, I don't recall but uh the headlining band was metallica mm-hmm. uh, co-headline was the offspring the crew uh the offspring's amazing La- uh ladies and gentlemen that is my fat cat his name is crew um i don't know what he's doing he normally never comes up and looks he's out the, the window like this but he's watching for something but um motley is over here somewhere i think he's asleep so I have <laughs> Mo- Mo- motley and crew and crew is the guy I was going to dig into this thing that he's sitting on so I can charge my phone and listen at the same time, but I still got like 15%, so I'm good. <laughs> um, that's so crazy. Oh, and... Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. So you went, R- uh, Rise Against performed, and that was my first time seeing them, and it was incredible. I'm like, God, these guys are killing it. Um, then there was this old-school 80s band that went on second on the opening main stage. It was Devo. Oh, no way. I have never seen such an immaculate fucking performance. They put all these other headlining bands to shame. Uh-huh. They were that fucking tight. And every, not one soul was not moving. Uh-huh. Everybody was, I couldn't control myself. I was like, oh, shit. They opened up with, um, don't shoot, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard that song before, but it's yeah. incredible. And they close with a course whip it. Um, and I'm like, what year after, was this? this was, a, I, I want to say it was 2009, 2008. Uh-huh. And because um, I remember um, a Treyu played and I was just, oh my <clears> God. God. I was like, oh, <laughs> I suck live. Um, and then, then I, then Devo went on after them and I was like, Whoa, what the fuck? So that alone, I'm like, God. And then, you know, I think one of the members passed away. Oh, but even you guys, for example, when I seen you guys play with, um, with Eddie, with the, uh, Fistful of Steel tribute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was fun. It, it, all that you stuff know what was though, dude? That was stressful. Was, that was stressful, man. He threw his throat out that one time. We had to come up and save him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was, man. That was not the easiest show, man, because, like, first of all, Rage Against the Machine stuff is all super political, and it's, it's like, everything is just hardcore. So there was yeah. very few places that we could do that show. You know, yeah. we had steel rod bands, you know, put together, but then we said, oh, let's do this this uh, Rage Against the Machine tribute band. But not a lot of places would hire us because it, it was like a, it was a, you know, it was a risk because the the first, one of my buddies, Aaron, he broke his leg in the mosh pit at the House of Blues. Like, oh, you know, wow. I mean, people get crazy. Like, people yeah. totally was... crazy on it. We could only he... do it there. I remember one time, um, it was Marty's in Highland Park. Um, Eddie could not make the gig. So I get this text message from Ra, like, hey, can you do the show? And I'm like, "Uh, give me the list of songs. And I remember we were like maybe six shots of tequila deep, man. 
And that was with the uh, what was the bartender's name? Elvis. 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 He had an oh my gosh. Marty. This was I I remember we played it was really small and we we fucked it all up. But I remember I'm like, I don't know all the songs. So I had an I had an old Nokia phone that uh had a cracked screen Dude. on it. I had to look up all the lyrics and sing with the mic in my hand. And all I remember was during um I think it was Take the Power Back. Um, I've never heard you play the bass line mm-hmm. next to me. And I forgot how fucking powerful that, that bass line is. And I just heard Yeah, I think you had a different rig back then. I think it was yeah. one big 14 or 12 inch uh uh galleon cruiser. No, I had a I think I had a 15 inch speaker uh, yeah. on the bottom. I had a two 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 tens and a tweeter. And I think that was like a SWR redhead or something. Oh, that might have been that rig back then. It was so Mickey Mouse. It was put together like it was beautifully that fucking. That thing was like it positioned. kicked ass. That thing was loud. And if anyone <laughs> knows the song, the intro starts off with uh, two two kick uh, two kick hits on the kick drum, and then the the low uh, bump, it's bump. a D. It's a drop D song. I know that. Yeah. And a minute I heard that, I turn. I'm like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Oh yeah. Also, I didn't really care about sound. I just wanted to be loud. So, like, and I was one of those yeah. bass players. <laughs> I was one of those bass players that was like, um, Can you "Hear me?" That, that mentality, like, <laughs> I have to yeah. feel it, or if it, or it doesn't, or it's not right. Like, so, like, <laughs> <laughs> like sound guys hated me. Like back in the day, like a buddy of mine. Uh, Pat Basich. I don't know if you know, he was a sound guy back in the day, like 20 years ago. I love that dude. He was such a good sound guy and he was super cool. Um, Just very easy going, laid back dude. Really knew his shit. But like he used to do sound for us at a lot of different venues. And he used to tell me, he was like, hey dude, can you turn your stage volume down? I'll turn you up in the mains. And at the time I was like, no. Like, I I would tell him <laughs> at the time, wow. I would tell him, like, yeah, sure, I'll turn down. I'd be like, no, I'm not going to turn down. Like, you know, I just because, but like now, I feel it. 20 years of experience, I realized I should have turned down. It would have sounded way better yeah. if I would have turned down and he would have brought us up with a good mix. But I was a child and I didn't care. I just wanted to feel it. So, um, I would, I, I had the bass up so freaking loud at so many gigs. And just like, and I had this big, like this big refrigerator of speakers behind me that wow. I could feel. And I'm like, bah, bah, and I'm just wow. like, ah, like it was great. And now look at me 20 years later, I play with two tens and in-ears. Man, <laughs> I, 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 props to you. I think you've gotten like your, your bass to this day still cuts through whatever venue you guys play in. Um, especially when you guys get fully mic'd up on stage, like at the swap me, for example, mm-hmm. um, uh, even though this, the last time I saw, uh, you were with, I think the Eagles tribute band that Saturday. I was with the long run. I was in yeah. Vegas. I was playing up there and, uh, the rest of the guys, they were in, uh, they were playing at the swap meet. I, yeah. I still have yet to play at the swap meet since they did the re, re, uh, oh, it's, it's quite the, I mean, I know, you know, shout out to Larry. Larry Salas handling the front house, but he had bone to pick with the kind of the, the acoustics for a while. And he was telling me about it, but they got it fixed. They got it tamed up, but 
now it's you know it's currently closed and uh, i'm telling you man, these great weekends when, are going to waste man when this gets <laughs> done we need to have like an off quarantine party and just like we need to get everybody together because if if there's one thing that this quarantine has taught me about the arts is that it's a lot more important than than people make the arts out to be um you know when you look at funding for schools when it comes to music or theater or anything like that um that's the first thing to go when it comes to after school programs when it, yeah. and and stuff like that those are the first things to go when the budget comes and they got to make cuts Oh, but absolutely. what's crazy is when all the work is taken away from everybody and everybody's driven into their houses to be quarantined, what's the first thing that people turn to is the arts is, yep. is people don't realize how important it really truly yeah. is. So who knows um, how much music is being streamed movies, uh, cartoons, right? Like, dude. And there's music everywhere. I finally watched the eighth season of Game of Thrones yesterday. Oh man, such a disappointment, yeah. isn't it? I watched the whole season yesterday. <laughs> Fucking bummer. Huh? Uh, I, to be honest, I, that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, I, I, I it was only six episodes. I thought yeah. the first four episodes were dope. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but and then after that, you. I like... woke up today and like I kind of felt like I didn't even want to talk to my wife. I was just so burned out. I was like. <laughs> Both of us had the same feeling. Like we woke up because we watched it together because we only watched all seven seasons. And then we bought the eighth season on like Voodoo and we're like, oh, we're going to watch it. So a couple, uh, a couple of days ago, we, we rewatched the seventh season to see where we're at, remember where we're at. And then yesterday we binge watched the whole se- I mean, it's six episodes, so whatever. Yeah. But we binge watched, we had nothing to do. So we watched the whole thing and we woke up today and we were kind of just like, hi. It was like an awkward, like, that was the like entire we had, world. We had a, we had a lot on, on our minds, and we were just like, "This is like, I can't believe, like, br- really, really, brand the broken, really, like." I literally got in my car me? when that happened live. I drove for God knows how much, just thinking, going, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah, like why? Jim, I should have stopped at the fourth episode and just left it. Like after. Our, uh, Aria, after she killed the Nike, I should have just yeah. like pushed away from the table. I should have pushed yeah. away. That should have been the last you know, episode. Some bullshit. And left it up anyways, in the air, but you know. But hey, let's wrap talking it up. about the we've, arts. We've, though. Yeah, we've yeah. we've gone for about an hour. I mean, we can probably do another one for sure. No shit, um, dude. I t- well, if there's one thing that I can do, it's talk. Oh, absolutely. I don't know and, if anybody wants to listen. But. Well, it's one thing that you <laughs> can't do is keep fucking keep their attention span that's for sure um but let's plug in again on wednesday um what's going to happen yeah which is the live stream at 2 p.m yeah so uh facebook live right anybody out there wants to uh see if anybody stayed with us this whole hour that we've been talking um and uh and you want to know and see anything about the band the name of the band is steel rod you can find us on facebook at steel rod band you can find us on instagram at steel rod band and you can find us on the web at steelrodband.com. This Wednesday, April 22nd, we're doing a live stream at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we're going to be playing three acoustic sets, one hour each with a half-hour break in between. And uh, tune in. Request a song. Have some fun with us. And, um, Absolutely. And, and, and stay safe. 
it's it's worth it's it's worth the watch i can't stress that enough because it's it's kind of it, it's something that we play in the background and put it on the tv and whatnot but it's this one's always different for us because we're so used to seeing you guys you know fully plugged in uh, it's weird so for this us is too. Always, yeah <laughs> this is always this is always a chill moment for us to even you know experience too so um but hey thanks for joining me again with and uh we will do this again and be sure you guys tune in on wednesday and be sure to follow steel rod yes all right man thanks for joining thank you all right